Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, we are so glad that you are here today on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, most of all, we're glad that the Lord is here, uh, touching our hearts and lives. Amen. And uh, I think people are itching. They're ready to get out and to uh, uh, get about their uh, lives. And so, but we still have to be careful what we do. So please be mindful of that. Amen. With people, uh, I have a problem. You know, I'm I'm not used to not shaking somebody's hand when they throw that hand out. That's the natural response, and you do it. So, I did that a couple times yesterday, but then I had my spray bottle in my pocket and put it out. <laughs> Amen. And uh, but. Uh, uh, this too shall pass. Praise God. I think it's evident that we uh, trust and have faith in God. Somebody said well, uh, in faith, so we just, we just need to believe God that everything's going to be okay. I do think God gives us common sense. But I also have friends that have succumbed to this COVID-19. So, and they were ministers and preachers of the gospel. So we need to be very conscientious of that uh, while we're here. Amen. But we're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Pray for those that are, are, are still sick in body. We had numerous names today that came up before you and just continue to pray for them. And you that are uh, following us today online, we want to thank you for being with us today. And uh, we are glad you're, you're here. And uh, we hope that you feel what we are feeling Amen. In this service today. God bless you very much. In James, the first chapter, if you will, today, James 1, uh, I'm going to read verses 2, 3, and 4. Uh, we have here uh, a scripture setting that, that kind of uh, shows us how to uh, be joyful when the tests of life, the trials, the temptations come our way. So, let me read this first, and we're going to pray, then you can be seated. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy, everybody say joy, when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But patience hath her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Lord God, we thank you once again for this day for your wonderful blessings, amen. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to come in your house of worship, amen, to lift you up and to give you honor and praise. We thank you for the visitors that we have today. We thank you for those that are watching online today. We thank you for all of those that have joined us today. And I pray, God, that your anointing would flow, amen, that our ears would be anointed to hear, that our hearts would be open to receive what you would speak into our spirit today, that we might grow in you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, and let everybody say amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Another translation uh, puts the scripture this way. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. 
Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Amen. Another says, consider it sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Consider it a sheer gift. Another says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great, everybody say great, joy. And then James, our text again, one, two, in the, in the NIV says, consider it pure joy. Now, sometimes you would say, now, wait a minute, Pastor, should I be happy when temptations and trials come my way? Should I be full of joy? Let me ask you something today. How many has been through some kind of a test or trial other than what we're going through right now in your life? You've been through one? Let me ask you, have you considered it a joy? I don't think it's something that we naturally look at to say, oh, well, yeah, I'm joyful. I'm so glad that I'm going through this right now. Right? Amen. But, but let me talk to you this morning a little bit about, about how, what, what, what are some things that we can do? What, what are, if we want to be victorious, what, what are some things that we can look at to help us be victorious? Well, let me, let me, uh, let me take you directly to... Uh, 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 a, a, a juror that has a test for diamonds. Um, we're going to look at that here, but I want to look at book the, uh, uh, the book of Job that reminds us that, that trouble and trials are inevitable. We don't like to hear that, right? We, we, don't, we want smooth sailing. We want everything to be okay. We want everything to go just according to plan. But Job says in chapter 5, verse 7, Yet man is born into or unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. We are born unto trouble. And so since this is the case, I think we need to understand how to face those trials. Amen. That are surely going to come in our lives. So there is a test that, that these jewelers uh, will use to determine whether or not a, a, a diamond is authentic or ersatz. Ersatz just means, you know, it's a, a fake or uh, it looks like it, but it's not the real deal, that kind of thing. How many knows what I'm talking about? Some of you may have the real deal, the real McCoy on your hand today, and some of you might have the ersatz. Ersatz sounds a little bit better than fake. Amen. It's a very simple test uh, that they do, it's, and it's simply called the water test. And what happens here, I'm told, is that, that a fake diamond loses its brilliance when it is submerged in water. Amen. And so uh, the real diamond, of course, does not. And, 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 and let me tell you that there, there is, I believe, uh, a water test that's for us, you and I, Christians, saints of God that will determine whether or not we're authentic or whether or not we are ersatz. Amen. Because true Christians 
will not lose their luster and their brilliance when they are submerged in the trials of life. They won't lose that. And so there are five things here that I want to look at uh, that, that must be consistent uh, in our lives as Christians. Uh, they are, uh, if we're going to have victory uh, in the midst of those trials. So allow me to share uh, those with you here today. Number one, amen, there has to be an attitude of joy. Right? Joy. Everybody say joy. Amen. So the first thing here. Uh, to victory in the midst of our trials is that we have to have this attitude of joy. So, joy. so let's look at that. And back in our text in James chapter 1 verse 12 or verse 2 it says, My brethren, count, count it all joy. Say it with me. Count it all joy when what? When you fall into divers or different divers, different temptations amen so so let's look at the let's look at the scripture to count to count means to consider to evaluate so joy how many will agree with me on this on this today that joy is not a natural human response to troubles trials tribulations things like that when it comes your way you know uh, okay let's look at it this way if you're driving down the road and all of a sudden your car just quits and you barely get over the side of the road. How many of you get out of the car and say, Woo, man, I'm happy about this car breaking down on me today. i got joy in my heart. Huh? Or you're, you're going down the road, and how many have ever experienced this before? You're just driving along, mind your own business. Hey, Amen. Listen to your music, singing and rejoicing. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're looking around, what is that? You realize you got a flat tire, so you pull over. Oh, the joy that you just had wasn't extended to that part of your day. It just went out the window as you sit there and you hit on your steering wheel. Joy done flew the coop. But, but, but think about that. Joy is not a natural human response. When bad things come our way. So we, so we have to make a conscientious commitment to face each and every trial with that attitude of joy. Amen. Sometimes you just have to say, you can ask my wife, she'll talk, be talking to me about stuff. And sometimes I'll just have to say, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. So I'm not going to worry about it. Amen. You just got to put it in God's hands. Right? Amen. You just got to put it in God's hands. How many knows what I'm talking about today? Amen. You just got to come to that place. You know what? I can't change this right now. I can't do anything about it right now. So I'm just going to have joy and talk to God. Amen. Because he's the one that's going to give me the peace about it. I got to have an attitude of joy. An attitude of joy. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, I'm going to read verses 4 and verse 11. Amen. Paul writes in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I, I, I'm glad. Rejoice in the Lord always. Right? Well, it's not, a, it's not a natural human reaction. So let me look at it my way. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. 
Think about it. Enforce it. Reinforce it. Sometimes you and I have to get to that place to where, you know, we, we, we have that initial response. But then we got to come to that place where we say, you know what? Amen. I might not be able to do anything about this. I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. And, 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 and if it keeps on going, I'm going to keep rejoicing in the Lord. I'm gonna, I want his peace. I'm going to rejoice. Paul says rejoice. And you know what? Paul, of all people, understood what persecution and a lot of trials and troubles is all about. He went through them. Rejoice in the Lord always against that rejoice. Now, let me read verse 11 from, from, from the NIV. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore to be content. Content. Everybody say content. So it is important that we understand. We understand that Paul made these statements where? When you study his life out, you'll find out he was making these statements while he was in prison. You got to be kidding me. While he was locked up, he made these statements. Amen. It was not a comfortable atmosphere that he was in. It wasn't his home. It wasn't, he wasn't sitting on a nice couch. Amen. He didn't have a nice floor. In fact, when it got dark, he probably had cockroaches running everywhere and mice running all over the place and probably rats. It probably, uh, you know, he probably had to, if I could say, fight for his food because the other critters were trying to get some too. It wasn't some luxurious place that Paul was at. So he was writing all of this. Rejoice the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. While... He was in prison. Think about that. And he said that we should count it. Amen. Count it what? That we should consider it. Count it. Consider it. Consider it. What was the other thing he said? A sheer gift. A pure joy. When, in my notes I got them all caps, when we are faced with tests and challenges. Think about that. Count it joy. Sheer gift. Woo, I'm happy. Bring it on. I don't think you need to get cocky and go out there and just go challenge the devil all the time. I don't think that's what you need to do. But when they do come your way, amen, you are a Holy Ghost filled child of God. Amen. And just understand that greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And no matter what the enemy does against his body, he cannot destroy the soul. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So, so, so the word when, when, when it comes, everybody say when. When we're faced with these tests and challenges, that word when conveys the idea of an unplanned Inadvertent occurrence that surrounds us. When? So, so look, at, look, look with me. Consider this uh, with me, the story of, of the Good Samaritan. I'm sure you read it one time or another in the Bible in the New Testament. Where, where, where you find this man that, was, that fell among thieves. And that poor guy did not plan. He did not plan to be beaten. He did not plan to be robbed that was not on the agenda of the day. That was not what he went looking for. He was out and about doing other things, but then he fell 
he fell among thieves and they beat and robbed him and left him for dead. It came on him unexpectedly. It came out of nowhere. He was not expecting that to happen that day. Amen. So he didn't plan on that. It came. In fact, in Acts 27, Paul, when, you, when, uh, Paul, when he was a prisoner on, on the ship, and uh, uh, that, that ship as they were sailing fell into a place where two seas met. And, 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 and when that happened, they got caught up in some, some of those cross currents. And because of the situation that caused them to hit a reef, and the front part of the, the, the ship stuck in that reef, in that sandbar. And, and when it was stuck there and the winds blow, was blowing the ship back and forth, the back part, and, and was the waves were beating violently against the ship, amen, they were in a place of turbulence. It was a place that they did not plan on being in. It was in a storm that they were not expecting to get into. Right? You've read that story, right? Sometimes life sends us a storm that forces us into a cross current or a turmoil in our life. Some of you have faced it before. Some of you are facing it now. And some of us will face it tomorrow. Amen. We're going to face these storms of life. And these storms have a way of, of altering our sense of direction and our, our sense of security. And, and begins to break up what we have come to believe that it was a place of refuge. And it causes us to begin to grab onto anything around us that will float so that we might survive. So sometimes we, what we perceive to be a storm, understand this, understand this today. Sometimes what we perceive to be a storm, however, is nothing more than God working in our lives. May I say sometimes it might be even a disciplining hand of God. The Amplified Version of Hebrews 12, 11 says this, For the time of being, of being no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A harvest of fruit which consists in righteousness, in conformity to God's will, in purpose, thought, and action resulting in the right living and right standing with God. Another scripture, 12, 11 says, No discipline is enjoyable, right? How many loves discipline? Come on, somebody shout hallelujah if you love discipline. How, how many love? Now you can't whip your kids anymore, right? That's what to say. Just saying. See, I'm online now, so I got to be really careful what I say. Now, today they don't want you to discipline your kids. You know, I always say this, and I say it tongue in cheek, but I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of us older people, our parents would probably be in jail today. Right? Yeah. They would be 
locked up for years to come because they whipped us. Right? You know it's true. Should we take an inventory of what we had been whipped with one time or another? Should we take a legal pad right now and start marking it down? Hey, let's go with it. I've been whipped with wooden spoons. I've been whipped with pieces of, uh, of uh, sawed-off uh, plywood, the ends. Uh, I've, been, I've been whipped with a, a tree branch, not just any tree branch, but a tree branch that had a lot of other branches on it. You, you learn... You learn, you learn. My dad, my dad never hardly, my dad wouldn't hardly correct me or whip me, but if you got that old German boy six months, then when it happened, you paid for everything within that six months. He was a good man. He taught me a lesson. Keep your nose clean. Stay out of trouble. Now, we all get in some kind of trouble, but that was always in the back of my mind. I don't want to have to call him. You know, we don't look around and say, oh, yeah, hit me with that. That makes me happy. That makes me, I just jump with joy. Bring it on, man. I'm just going to, I'm going to laugh in your face and jump with joy. I stopped my list there because there's too, too much down through there. If you combine my mom and my dad, God bless them, they're on a glory, but so you can't do nothing to them now. No discipline is enjoyable. Now notice this. What's, what's the scripture? No discipline is enjoyable, is enjoyable while it is happening. Everybody say, why it's happening. Huh? Come on. How many will be honest today and say, yes, I got swats in school? Some of y'all are honest. Right? Hey, did you enjoy it? Did you just think it was so exciting? That, yes, I get to go get paddled by the principal. Bring it on. If you'd have walked in there like that to the principal with that kind of an attitude, he would have brought it on. And you, you, would have, you would have not been sitting for the next two days at school. So understand, it's not, it's not, so, you know, it's, it's a, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. What does that say to us? Hey, pow, straighten up. Get your act right. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm getting, my, I'm getting it right. I'm going to quit doing what I was doing. Right? 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 That's what he's saying here. You know, he's saying, look, it's not enjoyable when it happens, but what's it do? It's going to correct your thinking. It's going to make you think about it. What did they used to tell us? Boom! Now go to your bed and think about what you just done. I'm going to go in there and think about how bad I hurt. Think about what you've done. So if you want to live life in victory, when all these storms come, learn to cultivate the right attitude. Man, so, down through the years, I've got so many people that's gone through so many things, and the first thing they want to do is check out on God or blame somebody else or point the finger at somebody else. Hey, folks, listen, 
you got to understand right now, what you're going through, whatever, whatever causes it, you need to deal with it. And you need to say, God, here I am. Whatever lesson I need to learn, help me to learn it. It's nobody's fault but mine. Nobody else caused this. I'm the one in it. I'm in the storm. I'm in the trial. I'm in the trouble. Help me, Lord, to get through it. Give me an attitude of joy, Lord. Give me an attitude of joy. In fact, Jesus said in John 6, 20 and 20, 20 to 22, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that you shall, you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned to joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she's delivered of the child, she remembered no more the anguish for joy that a man is born in the world. Men, I'm glad we don't have to go through that. You're supposed to laugh at that. Like some of you ladies, my daughters, get ready to go through this. Very, very, I say to you that you shall weep and lament, but the world, Papi, will rejoice. You'll be sorrowful, and your sorrow shall be, but your sorrow shall be turned to joy. Pappy's going to be rejoicing. A woman, when she is travail, has sorrow. I'm going to be rejoicing because her hour cometh, but as soon as she delivers the child, she shall remember no more the anguish. She's going to see Pappy rejoicing for the joy that a man is born in the world. Now notice verse 22. And ye now, and ye know therefore, and you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. In other words, we got to learn how to look beyond the trial and see the end of the trial. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. I'm not going to cower around about this COVID-19. Is it real? Yes, it's real. Amen. Do you need to be careful? Yes, you need to be careful. Do you need to follow the, the things that you need to do to keep your hands and all that kind of stuff? I've got one right here. There's one back there. There's one out there. There's two in my office. There's some downstairs. Sanitizer? Yes. Follow that. But it will not rule me. It will not rule me and rule my life and affect my life. It will pass. Now, some, some people may not agree with that. That's okay. You got your opinion. I've got mine. But I will tell you this right now. Do what, do what you can to be safe, and that's what we all should do. That's what, that's what we should do. Respect one another. But here I'm telling you this. When these things come in my life, I'm not going to sit back in the corner and say, woe is me. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to give him honor. He's worthy of it. I see the end of all this. In Acts 16, 25, we find Paul and Silas in prison. The Bible says at midnight, they, Silas, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Amen. So this, this was a survival attitude at this moment. A survival attitude. If you can learn to pray and sing praises while trying to survive that, those, those dark dungeons and depressing troubles, amen, you'll, you'll surely know the victory of the Lord. Amen. There's a place you get to. And to do this, you must be able to see. You've got to be able to see beyond the moment. You've got to have that this too shall pass. 
I'm facing it right now, but my joy is in the Lord. My body is suffering, but my joy is in the Lord. Amen. My, my, I'm, I'm going through this right now, but I see beyond this. I see what the future is. Amen. Most of us say we believe that God is going to see us through it. Do we believe that? We say that. People say, I believe God's going to see me through it. I believe God's going to see you through it. Amen. Most of us say that. So, so if you know in the end that everything will turn out okay, it's going to be okay, then why worry in the midst of the storm? Why worry about in the midst of the storm? Amen. You, you, you've, got, you've got an anchor that you're holding on to. You've got a solid rock you're, you're, you're leaning on. So put your trust in Jesus. Put your trust in the master. Amen. The master of the storm. Say that with me. The master of the storm. The master of the storm. Amen. Because let me say it again. This too shall pass. In 2 Corinthians 12, I've got so much here today I want to get to. 7 and 9, we read something of interest concerning the problem that Paul, Paul was dealing with. So let me read it here in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. He said, I talked to him three times. I sought after him three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Think about that. So you see, the real need oftentimes is not the elimination of the trial. Sometimes we need the grace to endure it. Right? But pastor, I don't want to go through that trial. Neither do I. We don't want to go through that. That's human. But if you face that trial, if you get in that trial, then you've got to come to a place where you say, God, give me the grace. Give me the grace to endure it. Because sometimes that's all you can pray for. Sometimes we'll go through things, you know, in our life that there's no, there's, you just got to say, God, give me grace. Give me grace to make it. In fact, Paul writes to the Romans in 8.18, he said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so in other words, you've you got to have joy. Everybody say joy. You know, there's got to be an attitude of joy. Now, let, let, me, uh, let, me, uh, let me talk about this one here. Number two, there's got to be an under, you got to un, an under, you have to have an understanding mind. This is the second thing to a victorious life is that we must have an understanding mind. James, in James 1.3, know this, not that the trial of your faith work of patience. You see, there are a few things you've got to know. You must come to know the reason for the testing. Why, why am I being tested? Trials are designed to produce patience. Turn, turn your neighbor if they're far enough from you and say, do you have patience? So you're all laughing. Say it with me, patience. Patience. We've all heard it one time or another from a parent or somebody, you're trying my patience. You're trying my patience. I wonder how many times God has said that. I wonder how many times God has just said that as he sits there and watches humanity. And he says, you're trying my patience. It's, a, it's important to understand the word endurance in our text means patiently waiting on God to remove the trial. 
Not in my time, but in his time. That's not comfortable. We want to know now. We want an answer now. We want it solved now. But sometimes we need to walk a little bit in it to learn something from it. See where it's at. You see, God builds us up the same way. You know, you can look at it the same way as, as a runner, which I'm not. I'm just using it as an illustration. How that as they run, they gradually develop the ability to run, long, run longer distances. You take anybody cold turkey, and you say, okay, we're going to run, you know, a marathon. 26 point what? Two, 26.2 mile, thank you. So we're all excited. Yeah, we're going to go on a run right now. We're going to get out there. We're going to get, all right, let's go. Now, in my case, 50 yards down, that's where I'm going to be. Other people may get a little farther, other people may get a little farther. But if you're not used to running that marathon, you're going to suffer pain and, and, and it's going to be experienced for you like you have never felt in your life if you haven't trained for it. So when you think about that, it's like, it's like developing this. And I think God does the same with us. When you're in your relationship with God, it's an everyday work that develops you, amen, and gives you the endurance you need to go through some of these things. You start small. You work up. I start running my 50 yards every day. And then maybe I'll get to 60. Maybe I'll get to 100. And then you just work on it. You build the endurance. You build the stamina. Amen. The runner starts small, works up to his maximum capacity. And in the same manner, that's the way I believe God works on us. We increase that stamina. Every trial we go through, every, every, everything we got to work through, it's, we don't like it, it's going to make us sore. You know, you don't you lift weights and you just want the muscles to pop out, but it's just not going to happen. You got to be diligent about it. You got to be consistent with it. And you're going to be sore and you got to work on it. And, and it's, you're going to go back to the weights the next day and you're going, hey, man, I'm sore. But you get it once again and you start working on it. And you're building those muscles and you're building that stamina. It's the same way in living for God. The more difficult the batter, battle, the sweeter the victory is going to be. Think about that. Consider this, that some of the patriarchs of old and some of those patriarchs of passion have said, like David in Psalm 40, 1 through 4, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Verse 2, he said, he brought me up also out of a horrible, horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such turn aside. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you are able, but will with, with the temptation also 
also make a way of escape that you may not be able to bear it. Paul writes again in 2 Thessalonians 1, 3 and 4, uh, 3 through 4, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly in charity of every, every one, you to all toward each aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. <laughs> think about it. I need joy. I need an understanding mind. And the third one here that I want to talk about is one that I think is difficult. You have to have a submissive will. If you want to be victorious, when you're living in the midst of a trial, you have to have a submissive will. James said in verse 4 of our text, but let patience have her perfect work. Whatever you do, don't fight the trial. The only productive way out of the trial is for you and I to go through it. Hello? Somebody say, praise the Lord. We got to go through it. I'm winding down. Psalm 37, 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. The fourth thing here, you got to have a believing heart. Fourth key to victory is that you must have that believing heart. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So when going through a trial, you must put your faith in God's wisdom, not your own. We are limited. But God is unlimited. The key is understanding what God is, that God is in control. It's his will, not my will. His way, not my way. He's the director. He's the guide. If I can say it this way, he's the maestro. He's the one conducting all of this. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if we follow him, everything's going to be okay. Key to understand that God is in control for us to have victory in the midst of trial. We've got to believe that he can and will take care of us. What's the Bible say? He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Sometimes what times a trial does, Brother Howard, is it brings us closer to him. You know, if nothing else... During this time where people have been staying home and stuff like that and trying to do their best not to get out, hopefully, hopefully, we've spent that time to draw close to the Lord, to lean on Him, to connect with Him more than we ever have. Really? That's the thing. He'll take care of everything if we trust Him. 2 Thessalonians 1 2, you know, Paul was writing for us. Uh, to have grace and peace. He said, grace unto you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. If you, if you just put your faith and trust in the Lord, you're going to find that His grace and peace, amen, they're going to be sufficient in the midst of the storm. The last thing, and I'm done, you've got to have a humble spirit. 
Everybody say humble. Humility. If you're all bowed up and you're all, you think you're all that, you're stuck now. You're stuck until you learn that you've got to be pliable. You've got to be humble. Amen. So, simply this, humble. Have a humble heart. James 1.9 says, let, thy bro- let, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Let me read it again. Let the brother in a humble circumstance glory in his elevation as a Christian called to true riches and to be an heir of God. Amen. So 1 Peter 5, 6 says, says simply this. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may, may exalt you in due time. So realize that we got to have an attitude of joy. We got to have a. We have to have an understanding mind. We have to have an, be submissive. Have a submissive will, and we have to have a believing heart, and we have to have a humble spirit. If we understand these steps, our relationship with God is going to be more on track than it ever has been before. Let's stand together. Thank you for being. I hope something has touched your heart today. What a powerful, powerful thing to know the Lord in the midst of the trial. I don't know what it would be like. I don't want to be in that place where I'm in something, but I don't have the Lord to help me. I don't want to be in that place where I'm facing something, but I don't have the Lord on my side. I want the Lord to be on my side. I want the Lord to be on my side. As we close this morning, for those of you that want to come to the front of the altar, give yourself a little bit of distance. If you don't feel that comfortable, stay right where you're at. And let's just raise our hands all over this place and just say, Lord, I receive your word today. Whatever area of your life that you need, why don't you just talk to the Lord? Pray, seek his face. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love and kindness. We thank you for the opportunity that we have again to be in your house of worship. As we lift you up and honor you, as we give you praise, as we give you honor, whatever we might be going through today, I pray God give us the strength, the grace to endure. Help us to overcome whatever we're facing. Lord God, help us to see beyond it. Amen. Help us to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Help us to see, Lord God, you working and bringing victory to pass in our lives. Praise the Lord. 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 Praise the
magnify your name. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Blessed be your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Lord, the mighty God, be the blessed Father, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Will somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. If we just let him, God wants to be real to us. Amen. Let me encourage you. Tuesday night, please go to prayer. We've got out of this time, 7 to 9, whatever time frame in there you do. We will be starting Tuesday night prayer back up as soon as we kind of get everything else back in order. And so just remember tonight, there will be a 7 o'clock live, Facebook live service. And uh, so we want you to be mindful of that, participate in that. And go invite somebody. Go invite somebody to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Let them know that God cares about them. God loves them. Amen. He's doing great things. 6.30. What'd I say? I'm getting used to these other times. 7 o'clock. For you that are on. 6.30 for you that are online. Just cut this thing off. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night in person, Sunday morning in person.